Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Good Wednesday morning. Sneaky Joe's out sick today. Sal Capaccio joining me on the Western Hotline. Jeremy White with you. Josh Schmidt producing. Sal, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. I uh, I just did something in the break that might surprise you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, so you know how I feel about. The, what was it? Not Tom versus Time. What was the 10 million part documentary? The Man in the Arena? Oh. Yeah. Man in the Arena, yeah. yes. I told you I would never watch that. I could not ever bring myself to watch that. The idea. Oh, that boy. Exp- what did so, you do? So there's another Patriots documentary that's coming out soon. Apple TV has one called The Dynasty. And oh, I, I just okay. I just found the trailer. The trailer is out for The, the Dynasty, the New England Patriots. And I thought, I'm definitely not going to watch that. And I watched the trailer. And I'm still probably not going to watch it, but 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 it was probably I don't know. You watched Man in the Arena, so you could you could tell me this. It seemed like it. This one on Apple TV is ready to tackle a lot of the controversies from uh, Aaron Hernandez to the rift between Belichick and Brady. There's a clip of Robert Kraft saying, "I was just trying to hold it together." There's a clip of I think Danny Amendola saying, "We worked for Bill, but we played for Tom." So I probably won't watch it, but if I could get the two of them mad at each other as a massive part of it, maybe I'm interested. I might be interested. <laughs> you know, that's that's some drama. Yeah, I mean, I would say there was some drama in, you know, man, <coughs> excuse me, man in the arena. Where what I mean by drama is you go through the ebbs and flows of some behind the scenes stuff, but that was really focused on. You know, uh, everything from Brady's perspective, basically, you know, through that whole time period. Um, I, I, There could be definitely too many of these documentaries. I get it. Yeah. And I'm not telling every Bills fan, oh, my God, you have to go watch it. But I do think it changes a bit of your perspective when you watch things like this. And if you feel like you don't want your perspective changed because of the evil empire, I totally get it. And you can come away thinking that anyway. I do think Tom versus time change changed can change what you think about Brady himself and the way he prepares and the kind of human being he is. I can definitely say that. Um, but it's it, you know <clears throat> we're at the time period. You know what the you know what the documentaries mostly say though in a good in a good way for Bills fans is you know, you, you do these documentaries when it's over. Yeah, you do these documentaries. We know it's been over for a while, right? I mean, we know that. But you don't start making the documentaries when you're in the middle of all this. You make it when it's all over to reflect back on what it was like. And 
it's over. And now the Belichick stuff here that's coming out, what's going to happen if Rabel getting fired? Yep. Is it going to be Mayo? Is it going to be Rabel? Is it going to be Belichick? I think it's super interesting what's going on there. Yeah, before we get to the Bills, I was just going to say that, Sal. Like, I would expect we get massive news out of New England somewhere in the next week because you, you would speak to this a lot. One of the reasons the Titans didn't want to trade Vrabel, I read, was that they, they felt like they would have to work out a trade and that would put them behind in their next coaching search. And whether yes. it's the the Bills brought up a rule change about when coaches can be interviewed because candidates that are still in the playoffs are at a disadvantage because these teams want to hire as fast as they can. They're all in the hunt for assist, assistance. Yep. Who can get who? And with that, with that in mind, I'm wondering when the Belichick decision or news comes. When will they say Me too. he's gone or he's coming back? Because they will need to fill in assistance or start a head coaching search. 100%. It's a great point you make, too, about the, the timing. Because, you know, yesterday we got word, the NFL reporting, Terrence Gray is going to interview for a couple of GM openings, which is, you know, great for him. Uh, Vegas and L.A. Chargers, I believe. I think if I have that right from Tom Pelissero. Terrence Gray... He's worked his tail off. He deserves an opportunity at some point to be a general manager. He's the Buffalo Bills personnel director. Been with Brandon Bean for, you know, since he got here, basically. I think that year, maybe the year after. Um, anyway, when that gets reported, I read fans saying, I can't believe it. You have to, you should wait till the end of these seasons. It's a distraction. That's not fair to these people. You can't do that. And it's not fair to the teams. It's not fair to the teams that have openings. To your point of, they got to move on. They have to find people. But I understand the balance, for sure. But if you're a guy like Terrence Gray, let's say... That's not fair if you make him wait until the bill season ends. What if it's not until the Super Bowl? And like all these other interviews are being done, teams, especially front offices, they have to fill their staff. They have to get on their draft, see what their board looks like, start doing all that kind of stuff, fill in their own staff. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. You got to have you got to move here. You got to move pretty quickly. And generally, I believe that, um, you know, this would be the next week would be the time we generally see not only like the the news of all the firings, but even the hirings start pay, taking place within the next week. That's yeah. what generally happens. Um, you know, you might go into the like the January twentieth area, something like that. But I agree with you, Jeremy. We'll probably get something on New England here relatively soon. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline. So I wanted to ask you about McDermott's tone on Monday and the general feel around the team because just listening to him, it, it sounded like a weight had been lifted. Like this this has been a challenging season in different ways last year we went through all the challenges right the moving of games and all the injuries and the DeMar Hamlin incident so that you had those challenges last year but this year it was much more on the field stuff that they battled through and they found their way to the two seed and the title the AFC East championship again and to me McDermott sounded like a guy who was just kind of like <sighs> you know a little bit yeah. of an exhale not to say he's satisfied but just that no. there was that moment of accepting, like, okay, I can take a breath. I felt it on the field in that post-game interview a little bit, to be honest with you. The the one that you know, you've know you heard and we've played here. And I, I think the same kind of thing, which is basically, you know, he in that moment, you know, he was emotional. And what I felt was a lot of that coming out, the exhale, the emotion of, oh, my God, we – we did it. Like this is, yes, you know, right. You're not to your goal, right? But of everything they had to get through just to climb back to be where they wanted to be at the end of the regular season, to be AFC East Division champions. No, they didn't get the one seed, but you know, right? Come on, they're the two seed, and I felt that there. And then on Monday, I think it was also a little bit more 
kind of relaxed, right? Let's also remember he got back at home at 5 a.m. on Monday, right? Yeah. And he's getting back in the swing of things. And, you know, you're not, you, you're probably, your players, you know, you're giving them a little time off to relax. You're digging into Steelers. You're talking about it. So you're kind of, you haven't quite ramped up maybe like you would on a normal Monday by now. I know for me that was the case, and I'm sure it was for some people involved. You know, and you're, you know, celebrating. It's a 24-hour rule. You're kind of still celebrating with, you know, knowing that you have goals ahead. But I agree with that. You know, we'll see. The only the only drawback of that can be sometimes, and I'm a big believer in this when it comes to just emotion and getting up and scheduling and things like that, which is, you know, now you got to ramp it back up. And you've been playing on the edge here for several weeks and winning, and it's been high stakes. And, of course, it still is now. But you don't want to lose that edge, right? You you have to maintain the, the, the manner in which you're approaching everything of it's win or go home. And that was basically what it was for the last five, six weeks. But I also say, Jeremy, the Steelers are in the same boat. They've been playing these types of games. They've had to win, and they've won three in a row in a different manner maybe, but they've won three in a row, and now they have the same thing on their hands, which is, hey, we got in. Let's exhale. Well, guess what? we got to get back up and go to Buffalo now and play. And how much do you think about last year's playoff game, the lack of juice that they had? A lot of players said that. Being maybe not fresh in their mind, and I know the circumstances are different, but that they'll be more than ready for these games this year. I, I, I do take stock in the emotion of it and the let what's left in the tank. And I remember that, of course, right? We all do. Anybody who's around it, fans do. But you know, going through that scenario and that situation, you come home from the Namar Hamlin game and you know, you can't even get into the facility. There's no practice space. There's no media availability. The one time they put, you know, had some guys at the podium and then it was very, you know, controlled to make sure we're all in there at a certain time and out and you can't you can't be, you know, it's not a normal week, right? And then and then you go to the New England game and she had the, the the kickoff returns by Naeem Hines and the emotion and they won that game on pure adrenaline emotion and fumes i'm i'm convinced of that um they didn't play their greatest game they had two big kick returns for touchdowns then you go in you make it you go into the playoffs skylar thompson was beating them in the second half the quarterback of the dolphins and the bills won because they were just better they had better players and they made plays in key moments but you could tell even in that game that that was the same scenario to me which was they're winning this game simply because these guys they're, they're just they have better players making some better plays down the stretch. But it was a fight. And then when they lost to Cincinnati and it was all drained out, I remember going in the locker cleanout the next day, I believe it was, and Roger Saffold, who, believe me, I understand, folks, he's not the guy that should speak after the season he had necessarily that wanted to give you this message. I get it, but it's not the messenger that mattered. It was the message which was true that he said. And he just basically said, I think we just needed to get to the bye. And if we could have got to the bye, it would have been different. It would have been better. He said, we just, we had nothing left. He said that. He said, we had to get to the bye. And they never did. Meaning they had to win in Cincy and then beat Kansas City and then have a bye week, right? To get to the Super Bowl. They were two weeks away from that still by doing it. I felt that. I don't think they feel that now. You know what they feel? I think the opposite, Jeremy, which is we need to keep this rolling. Yeah. Like we need to keep playing the way we're playing right now because we're feeling good about it. We're very confident. And I sensed that maybe three, four weeks ago. It hasn't been the cleanest. Right? It hasn't been the best football necessarily every week, but I think they're playing with such an edge that, again, that's good, but you have to make sure that you don't exhale and don't lose that edge. One thing we're looking for today, it'll be media day, Sean McDermott will speak with the media, is the Barnes Firm injury report brought to you by the Barnes Firm, car crash call one 800 Rasul Douglas, Ty Johnson, and Gabe Davis, and Tyrell Dodson. Is it? Is it? That's pretty much it, Sal, those four. And we got a report from Ian Rappaport about Davis 
then maybe it's not as bad as feared. Uh, so Davis, Douglas, Johnson, Dodson. And I'd also say Taylor Rapp. He was injured. on. Do you, I, I guess like I was telling Shoten Bulldog, they didn't even realize it. I, did you know Taylor Rapp was injured on the final play? I did. I thought, you know how it is sometimes, I thought he fell on the ball and got the wind knocked out of him. Because sometimes you will see that on a catch like that. I did not realize it was an actual, you know, an injury, not just a, in the moment. That might have been the case. However, he had a pretty fairly good limp on his way into the locker room. You see a video of him with Brandon Bean, and they were celebrating, but he was he was laboring a bit. Okay. Um, I asked him in the locker room. Didn't ask him specifically what it was, but I did say like how you know, how you feeling. He said he said I'll get it checked out. You know, hopefully it'll be okay. But he didn't say exactly what it was, so we'll get an update on that. And because it was the last play of the game, we we never had an official injury update on the sidelines. It wasn't like he left the game and didn't return on defense because there was no defense left to be played and everything happened and they kneeled it out. Uh, but he is one to watch as well. We'll see where that goes. But you're right about the other guys. Ty Johnson in concussion protocol. So, you know, those things, you never know how they manifest throughout the week. Uh, something we'll stay on top of. Gabriel Davis, you know, PCL sprain is the report from Rappaport. Not sure. McDermott hasn't commented on that. We'll get it today. Um, if that's the case, that's good that it wouldn't be long-term. But I think that might be challenging to play this week. Rasul Douglas, a tough one. You know, he said after the game, Jeremy, that he wanted to go back in. But Dane Jackson told him, don't worry, I got you. And, you know, he said that was one of the reasons he didn't you know, fight to do it, but look, I mean, it's not up to him to come back in the game. It's up to the trainers. Yeah. And as much as I'm sure he wanted to, I will tell you he had a pretty significant wrap on his knee. Not a brace, a wrap. And he was limping pretty significantly on the sidelines as well. Um, so we'll see again on him where it goes. And then Tyrell Dodson, um, you know, he came back. He was walking around, and um, after the game, he sounded optimistic in the locker room. Like he, again, another guy. It's like, yeah, I, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm ready next week. You know, but but that's not up to him. But we'll see where it goes this week with them. So, in all in all, five injuries. I mean, from my standpoint, you know, at least nothing seems like it's very long term. But you never know. You could literally be all five out. You could have five back. Who knows? Yeah. On Davis, if in fact he is out, sell. Where do you come down on? what that might mean for this offense. When he went out, the offense didn't exactly struggle. We saw a little more of Sherfield, and maybe they find some things in their passing game that would be different. Not to say that it's good that he's hurt, because I think he's an important player for them, and especially in the playoffs. He has been a big-time performer in the playoffs. But how do you think they are equipped to deal with it if Davis, in fact, does have to miss a game or two? You know, you never want to disrespect an opponent, right? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, my God, Pittsburgh Steelers thing. I don't think that. You know, I have a lot of healthy respect for Mike Tomlin. But I would also tell you that this, if there's a game where maybe, you know, you're not, you you could play it a little bit differently because of the opponent and the weather, and might, that might not matter as much, maybe it's a game like this, right, where this could be a little bit lower scoring. You can rely on your defense a little bit. You might not need a big play down the field. Remember last year, Gabe against Pittsburgh, right? He had those two big plays, and that can be big play Gabe. I mean, heck, it is Nance, Romo, and Tracy. I mean, so, you know, maybe it's big play Gabe again this week. Who knows on CBS? But I do think that this is the kind of game where, you know, you're probably going to rely more on a little bit of the running game and with the weather, taking care of the ball. And I think they're well-equipped to handle that. Sherfield's a good blocker. Gabe Davis is a good blocker. I don't think you're losing much there. If anything, um, you know, I don't know. I think they'll they'll be fine. But what, what fans have to understand sometimes is too. It's easy, Jeremy, to say, "I'll just put Sherfield in." We don't need Gabe Davis. He hasn't. He, he's inconsistent. That's fine. 
but it affects your depth. It affects who's on your who's what happens if someone else twists an ankle. It affects who's playing special teams and what their roles are. There's always a trickle down effect you have to remember, right? It's easy to say just put you know Leonard Fournette in, and if Ty Johnson's hurt, and it, you know, I know people you know know Ty Johnson's done a nice job. Yeah, that's easy to say, but. You also impact then what's happening on special teams. And because of that, maybe you have someone else who has to play that spot. So it's just, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, yeah, they're okay without Gabe Davis. You'd like to have all hands on deck and everybody healthy. But I do think at the top of the chart there, in this particular game, you know, Trent Shurfield would be just as fine of a player to have on the field against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 803-0550. Let's get a call in for Sal. Nick in West Seneca. Nick, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I just wanted to mention, and I guess this comes goes more towards the fans than anything else, is just like talking about like how rare it is for even the top-tier quarterbacks, except for Tom Brady, to win an actual Super Bowl. I mean, you look at a lot of the guys, and like they've won only one or two. You know, you talk mm-hmm. about the Mannings. Or, and, and I even look at everybody compares Josh to John Elway, right? John Elway was drafted in, what, 83 and didn't win until 98? So, I, 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 I don't know. I, I've seen Josh Allen. He plays the best when he's having fun and he's getting out there and he's not feeling stressed. He doesn't have to do the Superman thing. And I think fans just we, – we have to enjoy this ride. You know what I mean? Like, we can't think about the interceptions and whatnot. But uh, thanks. Love the show, guys. Thank you so much for taking the call. Thanks, Nick. I, I You know, as you're talking about the guys that won late in their career like Elway, it just pops in my head immediately – if Josh were to not win one, would he be the best to never win one? Because that's Marino right now, right? And Marino is yes all time. Like that, it's not a conversation I necessarily want to have, right? But it popped in my head. Like he's, if you're as good as him, you usually win one, one at least one. Marino is an outlier, and some of the greatest that 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 won. Well, I, I, I could I could name I could name several. Right? Yep. You had, Marino didn't win one. Um, Dan Fouts didn't win one. Warren Moon didn't win one. Jim Kelly didn't win one. I mean, there are some great, great all-time passers in the Hall of Fame who have never won a Super Bowl. You don't want to be there at the end. You want to have yours. You want to win it. It elevates you. Um, I, I've always had this theory about the Hall of Fame uh, for me. right? Everybody can kind of view it themselves, Jeremy, but... To me, not winning a championship should not dock you from getting into the Hall of Fame if your numbers support it. But it should help you a little bit, if that makes sense. Right? Like, like you, you take a look at the resume overall. And to me, it's numbers and overall career, which should get you in or out. But at the end of the day, if you do win that one, then maybe that's a little notch that gives you a little bit above. But the people who didn't win one, you shouldn't be docked and go below, if that makes sense. Right? Yep. Because you had such a great outstanding career. I mean, and look. The 2018 draft class, Josh Allen, and of course we know Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen, uh, Sam Darnold, and here's Lamar. And Lamar has an MVP. Josh doesn't. But he also hasn't even gotten to a Super Bowl yet. And that's something, after the year he's had, Lamar's probably going to be the MVP this year, let's face it. And I have no problem with that. I mean, I think he's he's well-deserving. I think Josh is definitely in the discussion. But Lamar could win the MVP and not get to the Super Bowl. It feels to me like the discussion doesn't get there with him like it does with Josh in this particular regard. Is that because he has one MVP already? I'm not sure. But neither has even gone to a Super Bowl yet. Sal Capaccio, 803-0550. Question for you. Are you ready for a one-answer instant trivia game? 
I am ready. Let's go. Instant trivia. Okay, Sal. Here's instant trivia. Joe Flacco will start the Brown for the Browns in a playoff game Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's nine years after he last started a playoff game. Hmm. Okay? That is the second longest for any quarterback in NFL history. Do you know the longest gap between playoff starts for a quarterback? Who is it? I, I don't. I mean, I'd have to be a guy that it's the second longest, so 10 years in between? Flacco was nine. There's right, so the second long. So this guy's more than nine years. 12 years between playoff starts. And I'll, here's the hint I'll give you. There's a reason I brought it up in this segment talking with you. One answer, only one guy has had a longer break between playoff starts. Well, it can't be Ben, because I'm thinking Steelers since you said this. Right, it's not the Steelers. Oh, so it's... Okay, can I ask a question for a hint? Can I ask a question? Yes, yes, So, did this player play for a team currently in the postseason? Yes. Okay, that's why you're asking me this. Uh, I mean... You You said there's a reason you brought it up. During this 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 segment, segment. that's right. You can even hone it in further. All the way right in where it should be. Right on the Bills. Okay. Drew Bledsoe. No. Um, Jeez, that was a bad guess. Sorry. I don't want to do that. Well, it's not Fitz, unfortunately. He never even made the playoffs, right? Am I missing an obvious one? I mean, how many how many quarterbacks have started a playoff game for the Bills that would have also started another playoff game 12 years before or after? Well, Allen in this iteration of the Bills, Tyrod Taylor, but he hadn't been in the league long enough, so it can't be this current Bills situation and right. regime. right. Um, so we'd have to go back to when did they make the playoffs in the early 2000s? Rob Johnson, no. Uh, well, Doug Flutie actually started. Ooh, Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie is the answer. Yes. Doug Flutie started a playoff game for the Bears in 1987 and started a playoff game for the Bills in 1989. Uh, 1999. He's the only quarterback with a longer gap between playoff starts than Joe Flacco. Wow. Yeah. It's a great instant trivia. Yeah, there you go. I figured it'd be good. Joe Flacco. Get it in for the Bill segment. All right, Sal. We'll talk about the weather tomorrow. And we're going to give it another day. <laughs> See how, how wintry it might yeah, be. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, got, I'm going on with Doran Dickerson here in a minute, okay? And that's our sister station in Pittsburgh. And Doran used to play for the Bills. And he apparently said on the air that chicken wings in Buffalo are not that special. And they're basically the same everywhere. And this kind of really irritates me, to be honest with you. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. Now, I don't know if he's just trolling because he well, you know, he's out there in Pittsburgh. But apparently what, that's what he said and he believes. What station is he on? Is he on 93.7 The Fan? Yeah, The Fan, yeah. Okay. Because I think so. I have to go back and look to make sure. But they, yeah. they tweeted out a thing yesterday that in the city of Pittsburgh, up until 4.30, they don't want people to order any chicken wings. They want to order boneless wings. Oh, man. A citywide boycott of Buffalo Wings. What is our what is our um, official stance on, bon- to that. on boneless wings? What is, our, what is our equivalent to that, what we should do here? Oh, to, to, to spurn what Pittsburgh does all the time? Yes, yes. Uh, By won- the way, Doran is on our, our Odyssey sister station, 93.7 The right. Fan. He's on right now, and I'm going on with him. In a uh, to boy- so anyway, I'm not telling everybody to tune off WGR, of course, no, but you know, if you're on the Odyssey network there, you can... 
switch on over for a minute, but go ahead. What is Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh puts fries on, the, their, on their sandwiches. Yes, they yes, that's what they do. They put fries. So that was kind of the um, the thing that was said. Apparently, he not only said that he said this is what it was that I read yesterday. He said on the air, chicken wings and buffalo aren't special and no big difference to Pittsburgh wings. And then the guy he's with, Crowley, said other places can put fries on their sandwiches and it's not a big deal. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> well, enjoy. Let him right, know. Buddy. You let him know what's up. All right, Sal, see you at 10. All right. Okay, thanks. All right, Sal Capaccio, he's got the Extra Point Show coming up 10 o'clock, and Sean McDermott will speak with the media. Paul Hamilton, when we get back on the Sabres, who failed to win a third consecutive game. They don't have a three-game win streak this year. They have a couple twos. Um, I might run by – I was telling Josh, I've got a really, a really dark – timeline take on the Sabres I've not yet aired I'm, I'm deciding if I'm if I'm there if I'm at that spot the way you're looking at me it just I haven't heard it yet so I'm a little yeah. scared I, nobody's heard it yet the way you're just a really, talking about it sounds very ominous it's like a rough draft of a take I'll do it after Paul Paul's coming up we'll talk about last night's game which was you know a rough one for the Sabres five to two they lose Jeremy and Joe but Joe's out today you can give us a call, 803-0550 on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Samuelson waits with the puck inside the Buffalo zone. Now ahead to middle stat. Skinner shot. Tipped on that scores! What a goal by Alex Tuck! Alex Tuck got a goal after getting stopped on a breakaway earlier on. He had beat the goaltender, but shot it back into his pad. But Tuck gets on the board. Sabres 2-2 at that point, and they go on to lose 5-2. Moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. We check in with Paul Hamilton. His appearance brought to you by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you? I'm all right, Paul. How do you like that stat? Um, our old buddy Kevin Snow tweeted that out yesterday about the number of times the Sabres have given up two goals or more in the first period. It's... Uh, like half their games, they're giving up two in the first period and digging themselves holes that, again, last night they did pull even, but ultimately they they, they lose games early. 
Well, they actually could have uh, been had probably four to nothing before the two goals went in, uh, if they just uh, you know could have scored on Decord and. Decord is red hot coming into the game and, and uh, continues to be hot. He's the reason why Seattle has turned its season around. But um, they had that might have been the best 13 minutes I've seen that team play all year. They were absolutely flying. He was saving breakaways. He was saving. Uh, uh, they were cutting into the net. They hit a post. They were they were just all over them. And instead of getting one goal, if if you make it three nothing or four nothing. Seattle now can't get into their game. They have to stay playing Buffalo's game, and that's what happened in this game. The shots were 17-7. to The Sabres had a one nothing lead. You're 13 minutes into this game, and Seattle, you could just see it. They wait a minute. Well, we'll stop. We can't beat Buffalo playing like this. There's no way. Why have we beaten Buffalo for the four other times we've played them in our existence? Because yeah, last night was a perfect example of what you're going to face if you're in playing playoff hockey, and I have said this since I I don't know how long since this particular rebuild has taken place, this team is not built correctly. It's not built for the playoffs, and you got a taste of it yesterday. They're not patient enough. They can't play that game. Seattle just took the total air out of the game. They were everywhere. They They were in passing lanes. Every time there was a Sabre trying to do something, there was one or two Seattle players right there in layers, and they basically just shut the game down to a crawl. And they played, the, and you know, that's the type of hockey you're going to run into in the playoffs, and the Sabres just are not built for it. They get frustrated with it. They want to skate. Um, you know, playoff teams can play it any way you want to play it. If you want to run and gun, they can run and gun. If you want to take the air out of the game they can take the air out of the game and that's where the Sabres fall short they can't do that they they just get goofy when they when that happens and that's what happened and to me you brought it up for a second the the turning point in that game was Seattle's on the power play and Tuck takes off on the breakaway he put a great move on Decord and and Decord absolutely opened up the five hole rather large five hole and unfortunately for Tucky, miss hit the puck, and it went in just like sideways into Decord's pad. You know, if he just would have put it into the five hole, that easily is going to go in the net. You've got a breakaway shorthanded goal to make it two to one, and I think that that just totally maybe makes the game a little bit different. Uh, and uh, you're going to go into the locker room with a two one lead instead of being down two to one, because Seattle came right back the other way and scored the power play goal. And wouldn't you think, scoring 50 seconds into the second period, you would get a you would get a a little bit of a, a jump off of that? Nope, <laughs> it didn't take uh, Seattle. I think you, you know it, it was uh, he scores 50 seconds into the period. A minute 18 later, Wenberg has gets a breakaway again. You need a save there. He he wound up kind of taking the puck to a, to Levi's left. It wasn't even really a true dead on breakaway which is advantage goaltender because now he doesn't have much he can do there taking it to his left and you need a save there and you didn't get a save and 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 now it's it's three to two and that was that after that paul when you say they're built incorrectly they're built the wrong way they can't really shift into different styles how much of it is that they don't have a system to do it like maybe coaching and how much is maybe they have too many of the same type of player too many of the same type of player. 
that's why I was uh, I liked it when they went and got Robinson because there was no downside to it. There's no downside to it at all. Robinson had a nice game. He had a breakaway. He used his speed to get that breakaway. Um, he's big. He's fast. Can get in on the four check when he's on his game, but unfortunately, he's not always on his game. Uh, he, he, and you know he he can be a hard type of a player. Now I'm starting to notice he's not the best thing in the world in the defensive zone, but you can fix that. But that's the type of guy I'm talking about. A guy who has some size, has some speed, and he did have what, what was it, 12 goals and 12 assists last year. That's great. If I can get that kind of production out of that kind of player, and you don't need three lines of those guys, but you need one line of those guys who can who, who the other team shows up and says, oh, I don't want to play against them. Are you kidding me? They're going to be on us all night long, and it's going to be a long night going up against that line. And Greenway's another player who I think is like that. But I, I think they need a line that's like that, that can come – and and match what the other team does when the other team's trying to shut you down. And they can go wear you down. Seattle's big. They wore the Sabres down with their size. They have for five games. I've watched this team beat them five different times. They do it the same way each time. And uh, I was that's why I was so shocked with the first three team, 13 minutes. I go, what's Seattle's doing here? That's Seattle knows they can't win this game this way. Well, they figured it out. Yeah. They, 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 you're right. They didn't know they can't win the game that way, and they just took the air out of the game, and that's what happens in the playoffs, and you have to be ready for anything in the playoffs. And right now, the only thing they're ready for is the run and gun, let's play fast, let's go score goals, and let's go outscore the other team. And that works when you're doing it right. That does work, but I don't think that's going to work all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I think you're going to start running into teams. You know how play- – <laughs> Jeremy, is, is Joe there too? I don't know. I haven't heard Joe, but if he's there. No, he's not. He's out today. He's out sick. Okay. Uh, you, you've watched enough playoff hockey. You understand what it turns into. And uh, so they're not going to be able to play the game that they want to play once if they were to get into a deep playoff run. Paul, what's going on with Tage Thompson? Moved off the first line early in the game. Well, he had had, what, 10 points in seven games, and he started looking like Tage Thompson again. You know, he took the brace off his off his hand. He had worn a brace when he got back, and it, it seemed to be working for him, and he was scoring Tage Thompson type of goals. But uh, he tur- and, and this is new for Don Granato. He turned the puck over immediately uh, off the opening faceoff. And Don Granato said, no, we're not doing that. And he, 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 he took him off his line. And Middlestat did well when he went back to the uh, with Skinner and Tuck. They had two goals as a line. Middlestat had two assists, and Thompson uh, he hardly played in the game for him, and uh, he was ineffective. I mean, he it was probably one of the you know he just was spinning his wheels. He he was doing what Granado talks about. He was trying to play a team that's trying to slow you down and trying to get in your way and trying to clutch and grab and and do everything to slow you down and he fell into the trap he was still trying to skate through three guys you know trying to use his talent to get through the game instead of making the smart play and waiting it out and just not getting frustrated and saying okay Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to use our talent to get in, in with, with the way they're playing. They're lining up on the blue line, and they're not going to let us through. 
Uh, we need to find the right place to put the puck into the zone and go get it. And, you know, he wasn't willing to do that. He was, you know, trying to use his talent to get through, and Seattle wasn't having it. Eye on the Blue and Gold brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business, is protecting your business. All right, Paul, it is a homestand, five more. So what do you have an eye on for the next five games? Is it Tage and, and how he responds? Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, if you would have asked me yesterday, I would have said this this could be this six-game homestand. I think a successful homestand is four and two. And that game against Seattle, I had no illusions that they were going to win that game because, as I said, they're not built to beat Seattle. Uh, Seattle came in red hot, as hot as they've been with a red-hot goaltender, and you know what happens with a red-hot goaltender against Buffalo. So so they lose the game kind of as expected, but it becomes a disaster because of the hole they've put themselves in. Every single loss is a complete disaster, and everybody needs to be fired and, and all the rest of it. Every single loss. It doesn't matter. Guess what? Was buckle up on Saturday because in come the Vancouver Canucks. That was the other team I was thinking. That is going to be a very, very tough task to try to win. But the other games, you know, the, if you're going to go on a roll, I think you need to be, a, you know, 4-1-1, 4-2 and in this homestand. And last night wasn't one of the games I was thinking you're going to get points out of. But unfortunately, they have dug themselves a hole where every loss now is a complete disaster. You know, they they had pulled to within six points of the playoffs just with two straight wins because, Jeremy, take a look at it. The other teams are starting to pick up their games in hand. Uh, Teams in front of them, one of the teams behind them still is, but teams in front of them don't have six games in hand anymore. They have two, you know, going into last night's action. The Sabres actually had caught Tampa Bay. They, They actually have a game in hand on Tampa Bay. So here they are. They hadn't played since Saturday. They were still just six points out of the playoffs. The games in hand are getting smaller and smaller. So maybe you're thinking, well, you know, maybe this isn't as as big a task as it is because the games in hand are going their way. But still, and I understand it, every single loss now is a complete and utter disaster. Yep. Paul Hamilton joining us uh, post-Sabres. Thanks, Paul. No problem. Take care. Sends at Sabres tomorrow, 7 p.m. The uh, Sabres will continue this homestand and play Ottawa. And, yeah, that's that. Let's get to the NHL standings brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigar. Stand tall with Native Pride. The Sabres sit in seventh in the division and went through these a little earlier. They're not, nothing really about it is, well, all that pretty. 38 points in 41 games. They've reached the halfway point of the season and they are in seventh behind Montreal, who has games in hand, behind Detroit by a good six points. In the league standings, I mean, it's a lottery ball. San Jose, Chicago, Ottawa, Anaheim, Columbus, Buffalo. That's it. Jeremy White with you. Joe's out today. Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast, he joins us at 8. We'll get a real good dive into this matchup between the Bills and Steelers and uh when we get back, I will give you, Josh, I promised you, I have a, a rough draft thought on the Sabres that's, um, you can just tell me how crazy it might be. All right? Work, it's, I'm workshopping it. Stay tuned. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning. This is the theme of The Mandalorian. There's a new movie. They're going to the big screen, The Mandalorian and Grogu, for those of you that are Star Wars fans. You know, you think this is the big news. Josh like, oh, you see about the Mandalorian movie? Yeah, I did. He's like, oh, man, are you excited? And the answer is, yeah, sure. I like the Mandalorian. I would say of all those shows that Andor is the best one. You seen Andor? Bye. I watched the first episode, and I just never got back into it. Andor might, the best, might be the best thing Star Wars ever. It's unbelievably good. But you think that this Mandalorian news is big news? Mm-mm. No. The countdown is on, Josh. I'm going to give you the Sabres take in a moment first. I want to make everybody happier. Uh, we got 10 new episodes of Bluey dropping in two days. Two days. Are you hyped or what? You don't watch Bluey, do you? I mean, I, I don't have a Consider child. Consider it. I don't have a child. So, so what? I have no reason to. Yeah. You sure? Well, I, I okay. See, I've heard like two days, the, man. We got ten new episodes. It's huge. I've heard all the stories about how it's like it's good for adults and for kids, or something like that. Like fact, it, like it is. You can learn. It gets better no and better. The age. It gets better and better in that regard of being good for both. And two days away. I mean, I'm excited. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Jeremy White with you. Joe's off today. Joe's out sick. All right. We got Joe Moreno coming up on the other side. I'm going to give you my darkest timeline Sabres take right now. It'll take 30 seconds. Okay? It's kind of a question. Did the Sabres spend a year and a half playing the most wide-open style and getting as many goals and awesome plays and point totals and career highs and all these amazing things and then pay all those guys and then start playing more defensive style? Because the number one thing that gets guys paid is goals. So conceptually, the idea of having a bunch of guys score 40 because you're playing fire wagon hockey and then paying them like they're 40 goal scorers, and then the next year being like, all right, that was great. Now we're going to do this instead. Now you have a bunch of guys that were paid like 40 and 30s, and that's not what you have if you play that other style. Not saying it's true. That's what's in my head. Could it just be regression? Sure. But they have a lot of guys locked in. And every time I see a highlight of like, oh, Noah Oslin's ripping up the World Juniors, I think, where's he going to play? They've got everybody signed. So many guys signed. I don't know. They paid a lot of guys. They they locked in so many pieces, and it all looked really good. And then they decided to play a different style and now here's Paul saying they've got too many guys that are the same style. Like they overdosed on it a little bit. The, 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 I don't know. It's not good. 41 games into the season. You ready for a stat on that? To get to 94 points. This was from uh, Sabermetrics on Twitter. To get to 94, the Sabres would have to play at a 112-point pace for the final 41 games of the season. Let's do it. I'm all in. To give you a comparison, Josh. 
right? Okay. All right, well, 112-point pace. How good is that? The Sabres President's Trophy team at 113. That's all you got to do. Be as good as that team for a half a year. Ottawa tomorrow night. All right. Joe Marino, Locked on Bills podcast. When we get back, we'll break down this matchup, see what he thinks about it. I heard Dan Orlovsky with One Bills Live. He referred to this opponent for Allen and the Bills offense. I think the term he used was, it's a maturity game. The Bills will have to play a mature brand of offense, and they'll be just fine. Maturity game. We'll talk about that with Joe coming up. 803-0550, Jeremy White with you. Joe out today. Joe DiBiase out today. Josh Schmidt producing on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.